0: And welcome to the Garbage Shoot, right? Yep, that's what it's called. This is the Garbage Shoot from Good Trash Media. This is my first one of these. Uh, this is our um, new release review show. Um, Arthur's done a few of these, um, but I decided to try my hand at it. Uh, doing a, a little bit of an older film. Not older, older, but it's been out for a few months, uh, but it's, it's in the the Discourse right now, it's just got nominated for a whole boatload of Oscars. Uh, they just wrapped up a, a Jane Campion miniseries over on Blank Check. So Jane Campion and, of course, this film, The Power of the Dog, are, are in the zeitgeist right now. So I figured it'd be a good time to talk about it. Just did a little bit of a rewatch and, and wanted to get some thoughts. Uh, I've got a very special guest with me to, to help discuss Power of the Dog. Uh, the one and only Doctor M- Mrs. Doctor, my wife. <laughs> uh, who's been alluded to on shows on Good Trash Media for a million years, back before you were Dr. Girlfriend, or back when you were Dr. Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're just Becca.
1: Now I am just Becca. You're just just, regular, just old re- Becca. regular old
0: Becca. regular so Becca. Boring. Uh, Mrs. Becca is here to uh, discuss uh, the power of the dog with me. I'm very excited. This is fun. Thank you
1: so much, Dalton, for that lovely introduction. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And here. Uh, this is extremely exciting. Oh,
0: yeah, I called it fun. I guess I hope it'll be fun. It's exciting, is what it is. You're right. Yeah. This is uh, yeah the first time uh, doing this together, so I'm very excited to talk Power of the Dog with you. This is your first Jane Campion film, right?
1: First Jane Campion film, Papa Cherry.
0: It's also my first Jane, I love you, this is also my first Jane Campion film, uh, I had seen Power of the Dog before, uh, I checked it out when it first dropped on Netflix uh, a few months back, whenever that was now, uh, but we just rewatched it, uh, or I just rewatched it, and you, you checked it out for the first time. Uh, for those of you not in the know, this is 2021's... The Power of the Dog, based on the Thomas Savage novel from the late '50s. Uh, it's written and directed by Jane Campion, again adapted from that Thomas Savage novel. Uh, we've got director of photography Ari Wagner, uh, who shot Lady Macbeth, a film that we like quite a bit. Uh, That's Pew movie, yeah. Ari Wagner uh, returning from Lady Macbeth to uh, work on this film. Uh, we've got score by uh, Johnny Greenwood, who uh, you know, of course, done the music for uh, Spencer, also in 2021. Uh, but has also worked with Paul Thomas Anderson a bunch uh, on There Will Be Blood, Master, Inherent Vice, uh, and he's in some band people like called Radiohead. I don't know.
1: What? I'm... Come again? Who's that?
0: <laughs> Johnny Greenwood. Who no, the, music? the
1: band. Radiohead? Radiohead.
0: Radiohead. Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, and this, of course, is starring old Benedict Cumberbatch himself, Doc Strange, as Phil Burbank, uh, with Kirsten Dunst as Rose, Cody Smith-McPhee as Peter, and Jesse Plemons as George. Um, so we're just going to keep this light, and uh, we'll let you know when we decide to get into spoiler talk, but for now we're just going to keep it light, talk about the film, Beck. What worked for you? Uh, again, this is your first Jane Campion film, so you're not going in with any you know, preconceived notion of you know what her movies look like or feel like. Uh, how, did, how did this feel? How did it work for you?
1: This movie felt like a Greek epic by the end of it. Okay. Because at the end, you feel like everything was fated to be.
0: Okay, sure.
1: But um, as you're watching it, things don't always dawn on you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, maybe some things that are taking place... Um These and little so, of yeah, it's very nuanced, which I don't know if that works uh for me about this movie. you know, I read one article that was really interesting by Dana Stevens and Jeffrey bloomer, and they discussed um they discussed their perspectives on it because they they each had different feelings on it um and you know, the uh, Dana Stevens basically just didn't love it initially because, as a movie, you kind of have to watch twice.
0: Sure. Okay, I get what you're saying. To really
1: pick up all the pieces.
0: Um, That's fair. I I went in there. There's yeah. There's some big pieces of like character information that really contextualize everything about the movie, and a lot of those detail you're right like there's a lot of nuances of character behavior that don't make sense until later in the film I went in with some of that knowledge spoiled for me kind of went in aware of, of some of the some character uh, details that we'll talk we'll get into once we get into spoiler talk uh, but yeah I, I went in knowing some stuff about this movie so I, I was primed to think about it a certain way and that, that definitely colored my initial watch and of course in the, the second watch I'm definitely watching with the eyes of knowing. Everything that's going to happen, not just some of the beats. And I think that knowledge helps too. I think it, I'm sure it did. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, not knowing what you're looking at, Mm. um, you kind of just are trying to follow along with the story and the way the story, the film is, you know, presented to you in those five segments, it's, it's. It's harder to follow as one narrative, Hmm. and it feels a little more, like, unconnected. But I think that's part of the craftsmanship in this movie. It hides little... Little hints in mm. each section, each of those sections, which it I it threads kind of, the needle throughout every section.
0: Maybe uh, think about as soon as you call it, compared it to a Greek epic or something. I was like, oh, of course, yeah, it's broken up into these these ad yes. structures, yeah. But uh, that made me think of uh, that. But uh, I get what you're saying as far as not working for you necessarily, while while still really enjoying and appreciating the craft of that nuance. You know, I, I get what you're saying as far as. I th- Being are you, so, you're you're saying just to clarify that you're you're sort of in the same boat as Dana Stevens, where you're like, I like it, but on first watch, I'm not sure that it it works for me because of all of the subtleties that you you might not pick up on. Yes, okay. and I
1: think the thing about it was that I liked the film overall, mm-hmm. but I think the thing I was left wanting more was at the very end. I just I didn't get a full satisfied feeling I think at the end for upon yeah. first watch. And I've, you know, after reading this article with, you know, Dana Stevens in it, hearing her talk, or I'm sorry, hearing them talk about it, and um, it made me realize that this is a movie that may be one that you need to see twice to be able to appreciate it. Sure. Okay. Uh, to be able to appreciate how much craftsmanship is in it and...
0: I've heard tell of people who watch, have watched this movie and, like, immediately picked up on what's in that first scene when we, we kind of get introduced to Phil, Rose, uh, George, and Pete, like, sort of the four central characters of this film. There's, there's a scene early on where they all interact and meet, you know, within you know, a span of 15 minutes of screen time or so. And uh, I, I'd heard tell of, of some people who, like, within that scene, like, kind of picked up on all the dynamics that were going on. And that's that's kudos to anybody that could pick up on that, because I think it is really well done. I, I think I really Absolutely. I really appreciate the craft here, like you said, the, just these these subtleties of, of the performances, right? And the, they did a lot of prep work on this film to, like, get into these roles. Obviously, Benedict Cumberbatch comes to set, and they they introduce him as Phil. Mm-hmm. Say, you're going to be working with Phil. Benedict's nice, but you're not going to meet him until after shooting, and he stays in character and doesn't talk to Kirsten Dunst and all this, mm-hmm. you know, actorly stuff. But, you know, Dunst is also, you know, uh, not interacting with a lot of people on set because mm-hmm. Rose is so much a character who's not able to verbalize what she's going through. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody is sort of really taking the role seriously. They spent time... Uh, like, living together and cooking together and all this stuff. Yeah, they yeah. they really did... It wasn't just, like, rehearsals of scenes. It was, like, living as characters and stuff to really kind of get into... The, these deeper nuances that you can get if you really dig into performances.
1: I think that's excellent. I think that's great that they you know dug so deep for that. And I think it shows through in the performances. And one thing I really enjoyed about the film and the performances was that it, it did segment it in another way with the presentation of the characters. You mm. know, it had you focus on... Yeah. One or two characters at a time. Each, yeah,
0: you're right. Each and, of those acts is kind of structured around yeah. one or two. That's yeah, okay. And if you think I about it, about the it.
1: film kind of doesn't have one central protagonist oh, no, throughout yeah. the entire it's film. An, it's an ensemble, so you for don't sure. know who to focus on throughout the entire film. Yeah. So it really pulls you in and engages you, but you're because you're you know. Because you're not sure who to focus on all the time, you're kind of having to watch from above and get this bird's eye view. Well, you're Jane
0: Campion, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're sort of, and it's
1: great. I yeah. love it. I yeah. love that about the film.
0: I think you're so right. I think that that is one of the the great like storytelling strengths of this movie is that you know Campion doesn't focus in on any one character. She really does give everybody room to breathe, mm-hmm. and even if there's not like a you know, an arc for everybody. Um, there, there's an arc for, well, I guess there's an arc for pretty much everybody but George. Um, but, you know, even... Sure, even George. But even George who disappears, there's a lot, you, you get a lot of detail. A lot of yeah. little details about, like, how he processes mm-hmm. uh, his, his relationships. Uh, we I guess we can get into a little more... Get in, we'll get into a little plot stuff just to say that um, uh, Rose is a, a widow out in the, uh, the Montana... Territories, I guess. I know it's, it's a state at this point, but anyway, uh, Phil and Georgia ranchers and uh, uh, Rose and her son uh, Pete, again played by Kirsten Dunst and Cody Smith McPhee, they they run this this like bed and breakfast type thing that for people coming through town, you know, cattle ranchers and stuff like that. Uh, but she's a widow, and and George uh, gets gets himself a little crush, and they they do end up hitched, and uh, Rose has to go live with George and Phil, and she does not like Phil already. <laughs> Phil has established himself as an asshole pretty, uh, resolutely. Yeah. And, uh, th- this is already a part of the, the relationship she knows she's going to be walking into is this, this guy that she doesn't really know how to contend with, uh, who's been mean and abusive to her son in the past when they've come through on their cattle drives. Um, you know, her, her son is very overtly feminine in a way that, uh, Phil like picks up on as a, as this, this tough cowboy guy and just is relentless uh in his abuse uh both before and after Rose you know is is married to George so that's just if you haven't seen the film there's some there's some you know plot uh, details for you to work with as we're we're talking this about uh, this film but i think we'll be getting the spoilers pretty soon F- before we do um are there any you know themes that stand out to you without getting into spoilers we'll kind of get a little bit more detailed thematically once we do that um but w- without you know Ripping the bandaid off. Uh, is there anything that really like clicked with you in this film, uh, as far as?
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. I would have to say the you know the moments where it touches on classism, especially the scenes with Rose mm. and oh, yeah, know, it literally has a room full of you know these well-to-do people, these high society. Um the, go- the governor and his wife. Yes, yeah. governor and his wife, that's who. And um, her husband's and, rich parents, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're just demanding that she perform for right. them. Yeah, You know, and it's you know, we discussed it. She's very clearly uncomfortable with the situation. She clearly does not want to, and he, George, cannot take a hint. And so Rose is forced to go sit at this piano and sit there in silence until nothing comes out, you know, when this is like the nightmare scenario, being in, on a yeah. stage, yeah, being forced to perform. And not being able to remember the, what you're performing. Yeah, yeah. Not, not remember what you're performing on a stage, forced to perform for, yeah. you know, the higher ups. Yeah. The people that determine your social status, essentially.
0: Totally. And I, I think what you're talking about is is one of the, the things that Campion is really interested in here. Because, like, so much of this movie is Rose having to navigate a world where the feelings of her husband and her son and her brother-in-law are put before her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, like, although Rose kind of becomes a more minor character in the last two acts of the film... Like the fallout of that, I, I think is yeah prominent throughout the movie. Is she is constantly <laughs> having to put other people, specifically men's comfort before hers. Mm-hmm. And you know I, that's uh, from what I've I've heard that seems to be a pretty common theme for Campion to work with. But you're right to to bring up like how class enters into it because you know that that is what Phil accuses her of being right as a gold digger of, mm-hmm. w- of wanting their money so she can send her son to school. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. I like that you you keyed in on on the class stuff there. Um, I think we'll go ahead and move into spoiler talk now. So if you have not seen the power of the dog, uh, feel free to jump out now, or, or stick with us if you're if you're post spoiler. I know many folks are, uh, but we're, we are going to get into that now. And the, the big spoiler to get into, we, we've already kind of mentioned uh, that uh, Rose's son Pete is is a little feminine. He, he's depicted as gay, and we learn through. Some snooping uh, through both slow reveals from Campion and some snooping from the character of Pete. We learned that Phil uh, also is is gay, or at the very least, had a male lover. Uh, this Bronco Henry, who we haven't talked about yet. God, we haven't oh. talked about Bronco Henry yet.
1: Boy, oh, buddy, pal, Bronco Henry.
0: Ugh, Bronco Henry. Uh, so Phil had this mentor and lover, Bronco Henry, that you know means the world to him and informs like his abusive personality at the same time and we we learn in the film that you know uh, as pete learns this information uh phil changes the way he treats pete he starts to try and take pete under his wing and teach him how to make it as a, a a kid on a on a ranch um make it as a young man around all these surly cowboys and uh meanwhile pete is plotting how to murder Phil we realize at the end of the movie uh Pete murders Phil uh (laughs) through tainted cowhide so he can save his mother from this abusive man who's driven her to alcoholism um so that's that's the big spoilers right off the top so now that we've kind of gotten that out of the way we can really talk about some more of the themes uh it is so interesting how Phil like keys in on everybody's weaknesses right Mm -hmm. you know I think that's so interesting about him as a character uh, is his His superpower is finding what people feel vulnerable about and using it against them because he 's hiding what he's his vulnerabilities so mm-hmm. so thoroughly from the world. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I mean, of course, everybody 's talking about this Benedict Cumberbatch performance or this casting of Benedict really working because you know he 's this this Englishman with an aristocrat 's face and he's <laughs> he 's playing this cowboy and you you realize, oh well, this is this guy went to Yale and he majored in classics, and you learn all this stuff about Phil. That makes the put on of the cowboy like makes so much more sense, and does make the casting like so brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah, um, it really. Anyway, now that we were kind of getting into, we can talk about spoilers and stuff. Is there any anything else about the movie that like really resonated with you? Any any of these themes that like really clicked with you, or just any aspect of sort of the, the plot, or moments in the plot? Is there is there anything that really clicks with you, or you want to talk about?
1: Um, you know. Since we've spoiled the ending, yeah, yeah of uh, obviously, you know, the Shakespearean loyalty and revenge yeah. in this movie yeah. are, you know, unreal. Um,
0: At what point did you start to suspect that, uh, Pete, did you do, I guess, rather, did you start to suspect, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that... The, the ways in which everything in this movie, like once you get to the end, it's like, oh, this it's almost this preordained tragedy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I I, I think it's very interesting. Was there a point in the movie where you started to suspect Pete had ill intentions towards Phil?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, you know, with Pete and Phil, it was always for me, the question of, Okay, what's Phil's intentions with Pete? Ah, okay. So, is this older gentleman trying to become Bronco Henry to Pete? Yeah. Is he trying to become a parental figure because he thinks his mother's letting him become too soft and not masculine enough and he needs to toughen up and he thinks he can fill that role? You know, I think maybe.
0: If maybe it's a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. Like I think the Bronco Henry thing is definitely there. Uh even if he's he's not immediately attracted to, to Pete specifically. Like there definitely is sort of that element of like he's he sees him. He even talks about, oh, you know, Bronco Henry didn't start writing until he was your age and I was about the age you are now when I met Bronco Henry. Yeah. So like always oh, relating their these relationships together. I, I yeah, I but it's it's interesting how like as soon as Pete finds Phil's uh, I guess uh, muscle mag stash. You know, yeah. evidence that that Phil might uh, be a little bit more complicated uh, than he lets on. Uh, it is. It's interesting that that's what causes Phil's demeanor towards Pete to change. Mm-hmm. His, this knowledge that Pete might have a leg up on him, uh, it, it just sort of immediately reframe how he, he interacts with Pete. So you're right. It's it does make you wonder like what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. I I feel like by you know the th- second, third, third, fourth scene, like, within a few scenes, I really, at least for me, it, I buy into Phil, like, really becoming attached to Pete. I think there's, like, gen, there's some genuine affection for Pete. It's, it's also about terrorizing Rose. Yeah. And yes. I think that's a big part of how that it is. starts is terrorizing mm-hmm. Rose. But I feel like there's genuine affection for, for Pete after a certain point.
1: I think there is, too. And I think Jane Campion navigated their relationship brilliantly. Mm-hmm. To be able to kind of allow for that distraction of, you know, what are Phil's intentions? What are this older man's intentions? Not what are this younger man's intentions Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. this older gentleman. That's never the question. Yeah, you know, hiding a little magic trick. And so, just the ending kind of slaps you in your face because you're just like, wait, he was the. Pete was the the person I should Pete keeping was the my person eyes on. I should have been like yeah. suspicious of this whole time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know. So I think the way she, you know, was able to play them out and write their characters uh, and have their chemistry and their, the way they were cast together yeah. just worked really well. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. you, you you talked about. Uh, this is maybe the last thing I don't want to touch on, but you, you mentioned uh, Phil like wanting to uh, enforce some more masculinity in Pete. Uh, there's this moment where he talks about, "Oh yeah, we found some initials that must have been from the Lewis and Clark mm. expedition. That those were real men in those days." And I love, <laughs> I love Campion playing with that. Like keeping, I don't know if that comes from directly from the book or not, but I love Campion getting that line in there about this is the history of men relating to one another is saying ah they were real tough guys back before us like just the same bullshit that we do today of course the, the same things that we've been doing for time in memoriam and it is it is interesting that th- there is always this assumption that we're doing something wrong and the people before us were were so much tougher and better it's yeah it's so funny i know it, it is just so typical and it's it's so typical of the fill that we get to know that he would buy into that despite it all. Like he, he really has killed all sensitivity in himself and that's how he's able to, to hone in on people because he's thinking about the power dynamics of relationships constantly. It's the only way he can relate to people is if he can get one up on them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's yeah. just constantly analyzing like mm-hmm. what's a weakness here. Yeah. what what on this person is weaker than me? Yeah.
0: So it's so interesting that he doesn't see himself as, like, the peak of, like, he, even he thinks that there's something wrong with him. And, of, of course, you know, we, as the audience, we learn what he thinks is wrong with him, at least at some level. Like, why he's so violent towards everyone around him is this this hate that he's carrying his heart by not getting to be who he is. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it really, the film succeeds in making him very empathetic, despite, oh, absolutely. It really, I think it does a great job of... Of letting you feel something for Phil, and it helps a you know Gumberbatch like get some pretty good jokes. He, yeah, he gets to be funny. He's 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 catty. He's a little catty he's little bitch. Catty. I love it. He's catty. Uh, but uh, you know it, it allows you to to like really grow attached to him before it kills him, mm-hmm. and it makes you. And, and again, it does remind you several times like uh, even though there are less scenes of him antagonizing mm-hmm. Rose. It'll still drop hints throughout the like, no, he still hates this woman and is, yeah. like, vile to Yes.
1: Her. It's very clear. It doesn't I let feel him off the hook. It, d- it does not at all. I feel like it actually progresses the fact that he is her nemesis. Mm-hmm. You know, every time they have an interaction in the film, I feel like it gets a little bit more intense each time. Yeah, there is a
0: building to that relationship. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely right. Ugh, that piano-banjo duel.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, just the lurking around and, like, haunting, whistling, like,
0: uh. Somebody on, uh, when I was listening to Blank Check cover this movie, I, somebody mentioned this on, uh, on there, but uh, the idea that he could be doing that to her every time she practices. Like, we don't know if this is the first time or if it's the only time. Like, there's every likelihood that he's doing this to her constantly. Yeah. Like, yeah, and oh, you're gosh. so right, though, that, like, there is a build to their interactions. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting you you picked up on that yeah all right well that's that's our thoughts on the power of the dog obviously we liked it quite a bit i i think i might have liked it more than you based on the conversation we've had so far you know for for you you're thinking that that it working better as a two time watch you might kind of hold that against it did i did i pick up on that right
1: well i think i'm just going to say i i liked it I think I will like it even more mm. on my second watch.
0: You think this will grow in your estimation? I think it will.
1: Yeah, I think. Would it you will recommend it? Me. I would definitely recommend this film.
0: So there you go. Do you think it's got a shot for best picture? Where, where are you at? You think it's this? This is going to be it.
1: It's got a shot. I, th- I it's think it's got a shot. I can see
0: this really landing with with people, uh, especially with the Academy. I can see this work. I can see this not working with some folks, but. Oh, I am Curious. we'll see if it picks up any gold here in a few months. Yeah. Uh I also recommend it. I think it's a great I think it's a great film. I gave it 5 stars on Letterboxd. I I'm over the moon for this thing. I I felt the power, baby. Uh I love it. Uh yeah, I think you should ch- run, don't walk to Power of the Dog is is my review. Uh and I can't wait to run to more Jane Campion movies.
1: It's a cow It's a western. It's a romance. It's a
0: thriller. It's got it's it everything. all. It's got it
1: all. Go see it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Absolutely. Go get out there and do it. Did it
0: made you want to check out more Jane Campion?
1: Oh my goodness, yes. I can't wait to see more of my girl.
0: Okay, well there you have it. If, not, if, if nothing else, uh, big recommendations from us. And it has us excited to get more into the work of one Jane Campion. Uh, this has been the Garbage Shoot from Good Trash Media. I'm Dalton Stewart. This is... Rebecca Stewart whoa okay full first and last name although I guess <laughs> I didn't make it easy I didn't, I didn't make it hard you
1: put me on the spot and I kind of got like uh, I don't know I got a little nervous uh,
0: it is it is weird it's always weird to, to intro oneself uh, this has been the garbage shoot from good trash media uh, what did you think of Jane Campion's the power of the dog have you seen it uh, let us know uh, Check it us out. Check us out over on Twitter at good Trash media if you want to let us know what you thought about power of the dog and uh, follow the good trash genre cast wherever you get your podcasts uh, and the garbage shoot same feed. It'll show right, right show up right there for you if these little bonus episodes uh, when we have a chance to check out a new release. Hey, keep watching movies and we'll keep talking about them and we'll see you next time. <laughs>